Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host to Trunk um, and I'm joined this week by the self-professed non-Tetrunk enabler, I think you put it, didn't you, last last time I spoke to you, Mr. Raj Baines. How you doing, Raj? Yeah, I'm not too bad. The only reason I said that is because I call you Jack rather than anything else. Well, yeah, but it was just in reference to that because, right? I I don't know if you saw it after after Sun um, got his player of the player of the month award. Raj tweeted out from the account like a little you know little emoji thing that was basically supposed to represent each member of the pod and their opinions on Sun. Um, and you know, I mine was a funny little man with with blonde hair, which. I think in these sensitive times of, you know, identity politics and emoji identity politics in particular, um, I was I was deeply offended by you making me a little yellow man with blonde hair. I'm gonna be honest. He wasn't yellow. He was white, just blonde. The other choice I had was the only dark-haired one I could give you was had that weird porn stash. So well, I thought that blonde was less offensive than porn stash. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's a it's a close run thing that one. There is like a a, a youngish boy that you could use. So dark, but anyway, I uh, I, I did give Seb an old man, so it's not just yeah. like um, you came off the worst of all of them. I but I you know the point the point I was trying to make initially is that I told Raj that he should have used the elephant emoji and he yes. refused. Um, so there is. In short, well, actually, in long form, uh, not, <laughs> there's nothing short ever on this podcast. No. Uh, Cipher your willy. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit of lads' bants, mate. You know, we got. To, I think we got to dip our toe into that one every now and again. Um, <laughs> like Dan Bowers. <laughs> that was good. Um, I haven't seen that video for years. Wow. <laughs> it's um, taking you back. Yeah. It's taking me back to my my days of loaded and all that sort of malarkey. Um yeah. Anyway. Uh it's no Seb. No Seb this week. Um he's off sort of pretending like he's above all this now, doing his oh, I'm a professional doing writing about stuff, you know, whatever. Um we don't need you, Seb, so yeah, you enjoy watching Red Monday, you sell out. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting weekend, mate. Let's let's jump into the football. Um, 
one one. That's pretty much the most predictable score headline of them all, isn't it? One one at West Brom for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, a few little talking points, um, notably. Well, let's. I mean, just to run them down: Ali's goal, older Wyrell's injury, the performance of Vincent Janssen, the fact that Big Bad Nasa Chadley scored. Um, and the fact that we we didn't win the game. Um, let's start first of all with with the with the performance at large and the fact that Sun didn't start. Were, were you surprised by that? Um, given his form, perhaps, but with the Champions League game coming up, there's always that sort of perhaps thought in the back of his mind that he'd wanted to play him against Leverkusen away, which is a is going to be another big game for us in terms of getting through the group. Um, so it's going to be. He he did say, didn't he, publicly that he's going to start rotating more. Um, so that could just be a byproduct of that. Really, it's it's sort of in theory we've got a much deeper squad. Um, well, much deeper, deeper squad than we did last season with more um, useful options, um, so to speak. But um, I wasn't I wasn't too shocked to be honest because I don't I don't think there's going to be many times this season where we're going to see the exact same eleven play game after game, especially with when we've got two games in a week as we do this time around. I think it, that's one of those things that, again, is credit to Pochettino, really, isn't it? That I think in under most other circumstances, and it, it, you know, it may well prove to be an undoing of sorts, but under a lot of other managers um, with a lot of other teams, the fact, yeah, if you don't have a settled starting eleven, would probably be a point of concern for some. But as we've said previously, the fact that we seem to have so many players that are so well drilled that can kind of drop in and out seamlessly into our starting 11 um, yeah. is, again, further credit to Pops He did that fairly well last season, and obviously there was the the, the slightly concerning end to the season, um, but I think that was down to other factors rather than anything we should be too worried about having repeated. Um, but, you know, we had games last year, for example, Dortmund away, where he essentially had to just play um, largely a reserve side and... and he played, you know, some of the more promising youth teamers rather than playing the the full options. I remember you saying after you went and you know all the the, the gym fans wanted to ask you about was Harry Kane and they didn't get the chance to see him then because he, I don't think he even played in either leg, did he? So he didn't definitely didn't start either leg. No, I think he came on in the second leg, didn't he? Maybe. Perhaps I, I have a sneaking suspicion he didn't play a minute. Because um, I think that was when we were getting towards that point where it was really starting to um, break into a two-horse race, so to speak. Um, so there was um, there was that, but I, I don't think that's going to be as drastic this year um, because, as I say, you'll be able to to muddle it around a little. So there won't be a case um, where Eric Dyer will play sort of every important game going, um, for example, because he's that's what he did last year. I mean, the the, the, the lad had. You know, he played ridiculous amounts of minutes last year, as did mm. Harry Kane and whatnot. So um, the fact that we do have people to come in and, and relieve the stress a little bit isn't uh, isn't a cause for concern, really. It's um, it's just a, a part of uh, making a squad better. It's uh, it, it was pretty drastic um, 
how much better we did look though when the sun came on. Again, it just kind of proves the as you said, the rich vein of form he's in at the moment and his his quality. Not so much better, but I, I don't know, I think I felt that there was more menace to our attack. I think he's yeah, he's, he's, he's obviously got wind in his sails. We've got player of the month and um there's obviously loads of talk about him at the moment, um, because of how well he's doing and, and everything that we were told sort of even negatively about him coming from Germany is that he's a player that um, at worst blows hot and cold. So this is definitely him blowing very hot. Um, so to see him sort of have that swagger about him, have that self-confidence um, isn't too much of a shock as, as as we've said and as Seb's alluded to plenty of times, it's about whether or not this can stretch across several months and, and be a, not just a, a hot streak for you know a few games at a time, but be something we can come to rely upon and, and and you know expect from him without being disappointed at all. Obviously nobody's gonna be amazing every single game, but if they're if they're better um than average more often than not, that's all we can really ask for. And and at present he's doing that. Um so if he as we said the reason we left it so late when we said we were going to speak about him again in, in January, towards the end of January I think it is is Purely because then that's that's a decent enough sample size. That's what pretty much half the season. And if he if he plays like this for half a season, then I don't think there's really an argument to be made against mm. the boy. It's it's one of those things. I think it's a it's it's an apt segue given that some, to my mind, is essentially replacing Nessa Chadley within our squad, and it was really a classic Nessa Chadley performance against us. Yeah. Um, on the weekend in respect to he he didn't really influence the game much he didn't ever really look <laughs> like he was that much of a problem and we we wouldn't be able to handle him but yet he still popped up with a goal and i know there is that joke about oh well he does his score goals but the lad the lad's got that he's got that in his locker and it it, it was disappointing to concede it and it, it did look i i felt we were going to lose at that point annoyingly um, yeah, as did I. I think it was one of those where if you concede that late on and sort of the narrative is shaped as nicely as it was with him scoring, you sort of go, this is this is one that you've just got to write off. But we, we, we did persevere. Um, yeah. We got the point. And uh, I wanted to talk about as well, before we before we go on to all the world, um, Vincent Janssen's performance. Um, yeah. And he's... he's, he's general place within the team at the moment mm-hmm. um because uh, one of the things i felt from that game i mean but by no means like i, I want to s- severely caveat this first of all by saying i feel obviously that every single player when they're coming into this team you know they they need some time like i'm not going to be knee jerk and say a player is not good enough or so on and so forth after a handful of appearances like he's made for us. Um, you know, it's gonna, we've been patient with Lamella, we've been patient with Son. Um, I'm sure there are various other examples in there and, you know, that's that's paying dividends now. Um, so, yeah, I'm not by any means advocating that we that we get rid of Janssen, but I, I, I do feel... Um, the Hot taking coming. Uh, it's okay. It just I I as as I was watching the game, there were so many points where I felt compelled to just shout at the screen, mm-hmm. get towards the six yard box. Like he he's he's made like he's held up the ball well. He's played it off on someone, and it just seems it's that move. It's that it's after that play where he's laid it off. 
where he doesn't seem to have that impetus to to just to go forwards to it's almost like he's shirking that responsibility of being a goal scorer where where you see someone like Harry Kane I don't think it's completely fair to you know to compare him to Harry Kane who is let's be honest a freak who can do pretty much everything and we were talking about this the other week how much you kind of appreciate that since he's been out of the team mm. um there, there, it just seems like there's that uh, he just he, he feels like he's a bit out of sync with the, with the team at the moment and I, i'm not saying that he doesn't provide anything he he does a lot of stuff very well but I'd, where i would like to see him operating as just an out and out center forwards i think that's the the most obviously lacking part of his game at the moment yeah and something that he does uh, that i feel we can begin to criticize him for not 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 vociferously not demand no. that he's shit and that he he goes out but i think in terms of like you know someone settling into a team you do have to identify fairly early or at least i think the management do not me some knob sat on a <laughs> fucking sofa watching it but where a player does need to improve immediately and i think that is something that he needs to do. There were a couple of times when he had his back to goal where I feel he could have probably rolled the defender and taken a shot, as we see Harry do all the time. That's an accidental Arsenal fan there referring to him by his first name. Um, yeah, if I if I play a good cop to your knee-jerk cop... Um, yeah, go for it, go for it. <laughs> um, I'm not saying you were being knee-jerk. Sell him. No, sell him, that's it. Uh, the thing I'd point Fucking to is sort of... I mean, shoe-lip if, windmill nonce. If you go back and listen to the first couple of episodes that we did of this podcast i don't think we worked together as well as we do now i don't think it will sound as natural i don't think it will sort of be as good a product or as as polished one and i'm not saying this is the greatest thing in the world i'm just saying it is better now than it has been at any other point in its history and I think that's the same case with Jansen. He doesn't look to have, have properly gelled with the other players because I don't think he's had the, the time on the field with them yet. I think it is getting slowly better. His, his build-up play, is, is, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. And I think his movement, as you say, outside the box is, is extremely intelligent. And I think there is a direct correlation between how many goals the midfielders around him are scoring now that it's him leading the line and not Kane because Kane does have a, as you say, he's got more of a tendency of just sort of taking responsibility on himself, turning and taking those half chances rather than moving the ball on. I mean, there's I only have one small fractional bugbear with Harry Kane and it's that he does have a tendency to hit a lot of long drives straight into the legs of defenders rather than passing it um, when this when this pass is open to him, he still will have a shot. I'm not asking him to stop doing that because you know what, every other time he will hit a corner, and that's what you you want to see. Um, but Jansen isn't that type of player yet. I mean, if you saw the the highlights of his performance for the Netherlands, he did exactly that. He he turned, he, he rushed on to just behind, and he hit a rifle with his left foot from you know. 25 yards out into the other corner and it was absolutely fantastic and it was it was just that difference of sort of being more secure and, and happier and, and more comfortable in the surroundings I think and I think that's that's just what's lacking now I mean we, we, perhaps we're you know we're because we we have such a good striker to compare him against, as you say it's an unnatural comparison to make he is a tad younger he has come from a a, a league that isn't sort of at the same level of the Premier League. It's, that's not even sort of a, a little Englander being sort of like Serie A and La Liga or crap. That's just 
the Eredivisie isn't of the same level as most of Europe's top leagues. I don't think it even is classed as one of Europe's top leagues. Um, so th- there is all those sort of you know mitigating factors, and uh, as you say, he does deserve he's, the uh, time. He's a bit of a pudding as well at the moment, isn't he? Anson? Yeah, he has got a bit of a tub on him, which he, I mean, yeah. if you look at, I quite like it. I find it endearing. But as a, as a larger gentleman, <laughs> I find it, you know, he does use it to his advantage. I mean, I don't want to speak about his bottom every time we come on the podcast because maybe he'll develop into some sort of fascination. Um, but he, he does use his his size to his advantage in terms of you know having his back to goal. Um, I mean. That is, he does have a slight fridge-like quality about his size as well. But um, I think he's he's been on the there's these like there's these there's these Dutch delicacies. I'm going to call them. They're called like profiges. Profiges is that how you pronounce it? Profiges. Profiges. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you meant weed. They're basically like they're basically, <laughs> but they're like mini mini. And when I say mini, like mini pancakes, but you have like a whole big plate of them and you cover them in like ice and sugar and maple syrup and stuff. I don't like to see, I'd like that when, you know, when there's pancake day and that and it's sort of against the law not to have one. I have mine plain because um, I, I don't, I don't uh, like them. Mate, either. but these, these aren't like, they're, they're not like crepes or anything like that. Like that. And I, I'm crepes not, are I don't particularly have a... Crepe? I don't know, mate, whatever. No, I, I don't really have like a sweet tooth, but... These are banging. They are. They're banging, mate. I've they're never good. been to Holland. Um, I really want to go. Oh, you got to go. Yeah. Amsterdam's quality, yeah, so. not just for all the vice reasons. Like it's it's incredible. Mate, I, I want my Instagram to be popping with that canal shot. I, I'm jealous every time I see it pop up on everybody else's feed. Mate, it's banging. It's Lovely the, uh, city. Yeah. No, I, I do want to go. I think it's um, it's that and Italy are two places I really want to go to. I haven't, I haven't been to either yet, which is a shame. I've been to loads of places outside of Europe, but haven't done Europe as extensively as I want to, which is a shame just as we leave, sort of. Yeah, the, I was going to say, yeah. I, I, I'll fit well, in an interrailing trip before um, before that happens. Anyway. Um, uh, let's, yeah, profiges are something I was going to say, yeah, that's what Vincent Janssen probably eats loads of, the f- fat bastard. But um, Toby Alderweireld, uh, Poch has said today... He's made that... it sound like he's just a bang. Yeah, it doesn't say that I think... I And given what Spurs are like, I mean, you know, the fact we've never really heard anything proper about Harry Kane I think and his he, injury. I think he was quite clever with that one, though. He just flat out refused to put a timescale on mm. it. I mean, it. But, I mean, remember Danny Rose's turf toe, the fucking years we had that going on as well. He was out like, for, like, a full season with that. That was weird. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then out again for a few months on the after that. And But, uh, yeah, Spurs don't like to often come out and say yeah, they'll be all right and they've pretty much said that about the world but I'm, I'm gonna be honest the, the way he went down with no contact from anyone seemingly just landed badly I was like ah oh, he's, he's done a cruciates or something hasn't he like he's he's fucked that's him for the season and it's the way he got up and went straight back down again couldn't move I, I my heart was in my mouth I couldn't my heart was in my mouth and the arse I was on the floor you know mm. it was was horrible um but it looks like he's going to be all right, so we're still we're still on course to the league, um, Touch which is good. Yeah, which is which is obviously good. Um, and we'll end this. We'll end the West Brom um, section. Uh, one thing yeah. I do want to make cool. clearer, uh, or one thing that Pochettino definitely made clearer, I think, in that West Brom game is that um, uh, he had plans for Chadley at the club, and as we sort of um, guessed, I think in in pre season when he left, is that he did just have that ambition. 
in himself to go and be the big man elsewhere. And I don't think we can be we can, you know, be angry or deny him that. He, nah, he didn't leave in so. acrimonious circumstances. He didn't go and leave to go and sit on somebody else's bench or make a sideways move. He he stepped down to take a step up in his own career, which and I know is a strange turn of phrase because I think his career opportunities at West Brom aren't going to be what Tottenham can offer him. But he'll get more minutes. He will, you know, get more exposure. And if there is, you know, another club of, of Tottenham size that becomes interested in him again, um, it'll be off the back of being the big man somewhere, and that that might earn him a higher stature within the next squad or team he goes to. So you can understand why he's why he's done it. It it feels like that type of signing we would have made sort of you know roles reversed. 10 years ago when, you know, for example, like the random ones we saw when we signed like Danny Murphy um, or Jamie Redknapp even or Tim Sherwood, dare I say that name, but those kind of players where they're not quite good enough for the team that they were playing for anymore, but we sort of represent that option where they could have, in theory, come in and being sort of the big dog, as it were. Kind of like how, you know, you had like Buck going to Newcastle, that kind of stuff. You, you it's, I don't know, it just, it, it heartens me to see the players that can't really get into our team that don't look good enough to be starters for our team are, you know, quite clearly one of the best, if not the best players at another Premier League club. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's good seeing. Chadley is, you know, we, we we know he's limited, but he's by no means a bad bad footballer either. It was a shame to see him go, you know, his few goals gone, but, you know, we uh we uh we go on um yeah Deli Ali's goal now i've i at the time you know it just it was looked like a toe poke and i was just going potty because we'd equalized um but having watched it back sort of three four times today i'm going to be honest like it's an absolutely fucking phenomenal finish for me. It's like a, like, um, it reminded me of like a snooker shot because he's used it like a, used at the end of his foot like a, a pool cue. Um, and it, it made me laugh because earlier today or um, on the Spurs Facebook feed, um, they posted that, um, that you know, when BT Sport have people trying to recreate goals. They yeah, Delia, he did a Ronaldinho yeah, one, so he, he, Perhaps if that was in the build-up to this, Maybe that was in the back of his mind. Maybe just use your toes. That's a good point, actually, mate. Genuinely, that's a good point. It'd be interesting to know. Mm. Um, but the the fact he's kind of, you know, we saw that the goal against Palace with this goal. I'm sure there's other examples now, but it seems to be that Deli Ali, that, that's kind of where he, he separates himself from your kind of, because I, I I get it I get I get why some people get a little bit frustrated with him I think you know he can kind of disappear from games here or there sometimes I mean the lad is has just turned twenty he is still learning his trade um, but it's those moments where he has to rely just on instinct and split second decision making that he just shows this this extra level of class that and I know it's a bit proper football man but that kind of intangible can't be taught sort of quality um that is really really encouraging a still um about Deli Ali as a footballer for years to come um and it's almost like he's he sort of he's set the 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 benchmark so high that people kind of forget 
about how exciting a talent he is and how young he is and because you know he 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 came in um to the fold probably a lot more quicker than many people were expecting um and yeah everyone was kind of wowed by his performances in pre-season and so on and so forth and then yeah i think we sort of thought it was going to be you know one or two Carling yeah. Cup and Europa League appearances and a main main part of the season would have been in the development side. But, you know, he quickly established himself as one of the more important players in the first team. And it was, you know, even when you think about it now, the fact that last season was his first season in the Premier League for us, it's ridiculous how, how quickly he went from a League One player at Milton Keynes to, you know, one of the most important players for not only his club, but his country as well where, where do you where do you like him playing the most right at the moment um it's interesting actually how sort of Pochettino's changed his team around um since one Yama's come in and, and Dembele's been a little bit um sort of shoot off fitness and had the odd knock or two um because we had that game um uh, against uh, Monaco where um, he he started deeper and that midfield just didn't work and it was a you know a large contributing factor to why they scored um, the two goals they did is because we're a little bit more disjointed than we usually were um, because I think we, we maybe we got a little bit carried away I mean we've discussed that before now um, but since then he's he's not really toyed with that too much he's he's pretty much told Wanyama to just sit and not move and. And be the sole defensive midfielder, and he's he's gone four one four one and and pushed Delhi up with Ericsson. And if anything, Ericsson's been the one that's dropped back and helped Wanyama out when needed. Um, and then the two wide men obviously play a, a tad bit higher and wider with with Jansen usually in the middle. Um, so I think even Pochettino has admitted to himself that he's he's not really got the um, what's the word I'm looking for. Almost the the temperament to play that holding role in the manner that Dembélé does, where he picks his moments to have the surges forward, and you know he he's a little bit more sort of calm there because he he still has that bit of a, a bit of fire in his belly and that rawness to his game, which is half the reason why he's so good. Lest we forget, he is a bit more useful further forward, um, and I think that's that's likely where his his future will be for us. Um, anywhere in that three behind. Kane or Janssen he does a job and we've spoken about how fluid they are so um it doesn't really matter we we you know but I, th- I still think our probably the first choice three behind um behind Kane or Janssen is essentially three number tens um so none of them really naturally suited to any of the positions they play but because they're moving around so often um it doesn't even it doesn't really make too much of a difference. You could even extend that argument and say that Harry Kane's a number 10 if you really wanted to, and he's just sort of good enough to be a number nine um, because, as you said before, he's a freak. He's, oh, he is a freak, isn't he? Um, let's uh, let's leave that one in the, in the dust anyway. West Bromwich Albion, fuck you. I mean, uh, we, before the game, you'll have been disappointed not to get three points, but to go down at the time in the game we did, to rescue a point, I mean, it's going to be one of them where it's it's not too bad um, playing that. Of course. And I, I think, as we saw at the tail end of last season as well, when it does get to that point in the season, you, you want as many, you know, you don't want to be going back thinking, ah, oh, you know, we missed out on our point there. Because it, it may not feel that much now. Mm. Um, but as we know, 
perhaps not with the way the league ended, but uh, into, with regard to Leicester and you know, the sort of the considerable gap they opened up, but at least in the run up to that, one point here or there does make a massive difference. So I guess we've got to kind of be happy with it in that respect and just not losing. I don't care. I'll, I'll, state your controversial opinions I don't care so much about the unbeaten run and that kind of thing because I almost feel like those they can kind of become a bit of a monkey in your back exactly yeah I um, I made this point earlier on this season um, where Huddersfield were concerned with the start that they made because the lad that I go with was disappointed when they lost their first game and I said to him you know, these things can often work against you sometimes. The season before in the Championship, Brighton went a ridiculous amount of time unbeaten, but they drew half of those games and they almost developed a fear of, of losing. So rather than going out to win matches, they were going out not to lose them, to extend this mm. run. Um, and it took their killer instincts away a little bit because they had this record they wanted to keep going. So they didn't accumulate half the points they could have done because they were far more cautious than they would have been otherwise. <laughs> We, but I think, I'm pretty sure we almost said that about Spurs last year because we did have another similar unbeaten run, didn't we, at the start of last season with with Spurs as well? But we were drawing a hell of a lot of games. Um, I can't remember what the game was that we actually ended up losing. Um, fuck that anyway. Um, we've got Bayer Leverkusen tomorrow in the Champions League, which is a very nice thing to be able to say mm. um, once again. It's going to be. Uh, I mean. It's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty tricky game, isn't it, mate? It's gonna be absolutely fucking mental, Kane especially. Because um, if anything, their manager is sort of more sort of um, tactically sort of out there than Pochettino is. He's he makes them press even harder. He makes them you know run even further. He's sort of a little bit mental in that regard. There is a bit of a maverick um, element to what he does with his team. Um, and it is going to be a sort of two styles that that could well cancel each other out. But it's it's. I don't think we're going to see a sort of a faster pace game in the Champions League. Um, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because I think like quite um, you know foolhardy of me to uh, to say um, that we'd had like a Europa League group. Uh, really, in, in in retrospect, we it's a pretty tough group we've got. Um, it's not the toughest, but you know, people like Bayer Leverkusen, they're you know they're not a two bob outfit. Um, but their league form, looking at it, has been pretty patchy. Um, I mean, they they beat Dortmund a couple of weeks ago, which is obviously good, but they just lost their last game to Werder Bremen. Um, they're sort of sitting tenth in the in the table at the moment, so you know it, they're not. They're not coming into this kind of firing on all cylinders, looking like a, a kind of rampaging powerhouse of a side. Um, but they've got a few dangerous players, don't they? Um, notably, Mr... Well, not Mr, but Chicharito. <laughs> Javier Hernandez. Mr. Who Chicharito. From Mr. Ch- Mr. Mr. Kikarito. Um, Make it sound like a uh, Disney character. Yeah, it sounds a bit nonsense, doesn't it? It's a bit like what's that, Pee Wee Herman? Mister, it's like a, a Mexican version of Pee Wee Herman, Mister Chicharito. Um, that's not racist or anything, is it? I don't think so. I don't know. Probably is, isn't it? Somehow <laughs> or another. Um, you know, all this political correctness gone mad, like mate. Um, 
But I'll be honest, I, I couldn't. I mean, I think they've got the. They, have they still got one of the the Bender brothers? Yeah, Lars. In their side? Yeah, Lars. Yeah. Spends at um, Dortmund. If I can really name you anyone else in their in their side, they've got the Australian you, right? Robbie Cruiser. Um, he's quite good. Uh, they're one they of those where called. it's it's more about the collective than it is individual names. I mean, they've got um, Stefan Kiesling as well um, up front, who's quite tall and, and handy in the air and stuff. And he's he's one of those where he'll sometimes go on like good, decent runs of scoring, but he doesn't ever seem to um, build on that, which is perhaps why he's still at Leverkusen rather than having been snapped up by someone bigger. Um, but they're not by any means sort of a an easy game. Like I said, the, the style that they play is perhaps the um, the most interesting thing about this, especially at home, because it's they're going to raise themselves for this sort of occasion. And it's one of those mm. where I don't think it's the biggest arena in the world either, because I don't think it was one that was um, built up for the um, for the World Cup in two thousand and six. Uh, that because that's why people have like Dortmund and everyone have really nice grounds now is because the German FA put so much money into them. But because I think Bayer are owned by that pharmaceuticals company, aren't they? Um, so the, I don't think they got any extra money or infrastructure built into them. Cause I think it's I think it's actually smaller than White Hart Lane. Um, so it's it, it'll be quite interesting. Um, I, I, We'll see what happens. I mean, a draw isn't a bad result away in the Champions League. I don't think you just have to win your home games. Yeah, well, let's hope we can smash them anyway. Um, now, at this point, we might be speaking to someone from Bournemouth, but we might not be. So uh, we, we're going to take a, a short break um, and we're back. we'll be back. I lost the ability to speak there for a second. Hello, this is the official spokesperson for Rule the Roost podcast, text-to-speech. As you can probably tell, we didn't manage to get in touch with those Bournemouth fans. All we can tell you is that they are quite good for a club with a ground smaller than most terraced houses. We'll be linked with their manager at some point in the future and the game should be open enough for us to nick a few goals and play our game quite happily. If none of that proves to be true, what the fuck more do you want from me? I'm essentially a robot. Back to the show. Right, welcome back. You may have just heard from a Bournemouth podcaster. You may have not. Um, if you haven't, we're not really going to talk about Bournemouth aside for the fact that Eddie Howe's quite good in Irads. They've been playing quite well. and They just bought six past Hall. Yeah, they have. Um, God bless Ryan Mason, Tom Hodderstone, Jake Livermore, Michael Dawson. Um, anyone else? Am I missing any? Spurs lads? No. I'm not sure. I don't think so. But uh yeah, Bournemouth, decent side should stay. Bournemouth up. got a couple of Spurs players, aren't they? Um Char- Adam Smith. Charlie Daniels. Yeah, Adam Smith was he's doing really well. He, I think um there were a few people touting him for an England call up recently. Yeah. Um do you reckon Jermaine Defoe will go back there one day? Bournemouth? Yeah. Um if they can pay him seventy grand a week. Um, I'm not sure. They 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 got linked to him previously didn't they when oh, did he was they? sort of on the verge of leaving um Sunderland when they looked like they may have been going down um but I'm not sure there is desperate they've got a decent few options up front Josh King and uh Callum Wilson um aren't too bad 
It's funny, they're another they're just another one of those sides that seem to be establishing themselves now really as, as a Premier League team, aren't they? Even though they were sort of I mean, maybe it's a bit, bit early to say that about them, but they look solid enough. They look like yeah, a team I mean, that deserves to be in the Premier League. Mm, they've got decent financial backing. I mean, they they are owned by a Russian oligarch, but he's not really spent the sort of outlandish sums of money that you'd have expected somebody like that to have done. Um, which I think is to their credit, if, if, if anything, he's just sort of he stabilised the club, but he's not really he's doped them financially too much. Um, Maybe obviously now he's biding his time. Yeah, we'll see next season. But you know they're they're a tiny club. They've got that. It's less than twelve thousand, isn't it? Their stadium, um, which is ridiculous. They'll, they'll probably. I think they'll have to up that, won't they? If they stay, because I think is it three years you get or something to. To stay in the Premier League, otherwise you've got to find somewhere else to go that's of a certain capacity. Um, Something like that. But I think it's one of them funny grounds that's built right into a housing estate, isn't it? Mm. Um, right by the seaside and that. Um, so it's it's not going to be an easy job by any means. They might have to rip it up and start again, to be honest. I mean, there's not an awful lot to rip up, if we're being honest. No. Um, they might have to find a new site or something, I'm not sure. But it is a, it is a very small small ground and um I'd, I'd quite fancy going to it before it does go down just to sort of see what it's like to watch football in that sort of small stadium yeah i, ne- I never got to go to fratton park annoyingly i always wanted to go down there as well when portsmouth were up in the league but um they're not coming back anytime soon no they're fucking not craven cottage is always a good away day though that's a nice one really good away yeah. day actually that um but yeah just in terms of those sort of small old stadiums um, yeah, I'm off to um, Preston away on Wednesday. Oh, that'll be a good laugh. Deepdale, yeah. Deepdale's a nice little yeah. bit because we've got family in Preston. Um, so it's a, a, a ground I've often driven past um, but never actually been in for a game. So I'm looking forward to, to going in and seeing what it's about. A lot of history there, isn't there? There's, I think there's still... I think they're one of those clubs that there's like that tenuous kind of... The reason why we switched to Lily White is because... Preston North End lent as their kits or something like that. I don't know how true that is or not, but you often hear about these stories of, uh, you know, clubs adopting other, yeah, Notts County, Juventus, that kind of thing. Um, Real Madrid, Leeds United. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Really? Yeah, well, in that Leeds changed their kit from blue and yellow uh, to white. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not the way they were uh, around. Uh, Grasshopper um, Zurich I'm, with Blackburn Rovers as well. 
Is it? Yeah. We had um we had uh, remember when we did that hundred and twenty fifth anniversary shirt that was sort of like that. Yeah, yeah. Blackburn Field for all with Aston Villa in it. Glad they didn't go to our old ones where we used to play in like fucking red and stuff. You know, we shouldn't. People, it's the uncomfortable truth that people don't like. But yeah, we used to have a red you know, kit. I, I think Arsenal's white sleeves are based on our shirts, aren't they? Because there's some director went over from Tottenham to Arsenal. Something like that, Herbert Chapman, in it. Some say that he was at. Um, he cut his teeth at Huddersfield, and then he went and made Arsenal into what they are. Because um, Huddersfield were thrice champions, they won the league back to back to back. I think they've got more league titles than, than Tottenham do. <laughs> I'm not not joking. They've got three, and Tottenham have got two. Yeah, um, it's an odd little game, isn't it? Yeah, it's in um, let's see some let's see some list of questions. Um, Nikhil Siglani. Everyone knows him very well. Um, at Nikhil underscore Siglani. Poch can't travel to Bournemouth on Saturday for family reasons. Is that is that true? I didn't know that. Um, but he says, what celebrity do you trust to take his job for the day? I'll do it. I think I'll... given the second half of the uh, question, I think the first half isn't true. I'll do it. I'll take it. I'm top and say, oh yeah, I'll do a podcast. And I'll... You nearly passed out watching a goal from the stand, so I don't trust you on the touchline. You, they'd have to resuscitate you after five minutes. Um, but well, I'm glad that you questioned that part and not the fact that I'm a celebrity. So, you know. Um, I no, do, we definitely I, lose the match. I just care about your health first. I do. Uh, I do. For anyone listening, I do. I do, uh, I do sign autographs. So if you ever do see me in and around the ground, I'll happily sign stuff for you. And uh, you know, it's just it's just the esteem I hold myself in. Um, if you believe certain people, um, but yeah, no. Let's let's uh, answer the question. Probably, what celebrity do you trust to take his job for the day? Oh, I don't really know, mate. You know. Uh, Do they have to be a Tottenham fan, or is it just any celebrity that we want in to go and just do a job? Pep, Pep Guardiola, I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know which celebrity I'd, I'd pick. Brian Blessed, maybe. I'd like to see him booming from the sidelines. That might be quite good. I think it's get shit out of players, won't it? <laughs> I hope he might do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I choose our support staff. A reassuringly boring answer. Yeah. Hugo uh, Ekio. Um <laughs> Oh he's it's all gonna be quiet on the Hugo front actually, isn't it? Like He's like our under eighteens coach or something. Yeah, right? but we always used to get like those sort of updates and they always sort of spurs the like the social media accounts would slap him in as many pictures as they could and stuff and they sort of they've sort of stopped that a bit now. Um Maybe after our last youth team coach got a bit uppity and went for the job, they think better of that this time around. True, true. Um, right, at Idiot's Pasture, good friend of the show, very good friend, and good friend of yours the man as who well. Plays, man who plays guitar on our theme music. That's it. Um, it made especially for all the race podcast. <laughs> um, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Um, but uh, he asks, in a Spurs Royal Rumble, who would win? Um is he is he a is he a wrestling person, Raj? You, Possibly. You, um, you, you didn't you didn't tell me there was a, a wrestling fan <laughs> making our theme tune, mate. Like, is Royal Rumble's the one where they all get in together, don't they? And or have a big each other. yeah tear up. Um, so it's essentially who would who's the hardest member of the squad is what it really boils down to. Oh yeah, it's a good one. I uh, it's Dembele, isn't it? It's out of... I think like Dembele, Alderweireld, and Dyer are left in there. Wanyama as well. 
Yeah, Wanyama too. I think Wanyama's a bit thicker. I think somebody like taps Wanyama on the back and like somebody else knocks him out. I think maybe he gets like tricked out of it. Just Do you crazy. reckon? No, I, 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 I think I disagree with that one. Man. Have you seen his tweets? Smart. I ate spaghetti. It was nice. He's definitely getting tricked. Yeah, I, don't you think that's a bit tongue in cheek? <laughs> no, you don't. No, I, I think he's a little bit simple. Maybe, maybe to be fair, it is his second language, but um, he he does just look like he's sort of like. Um, he does look a bit daft to me. Because um, even when he's in, in interviews and that, he, he just sort of, he says the least amount possible. Whereas it's not, you know, people who learn in language still manage to express themselves a bit more. I mean, have you ever heard Hugo Lloris speak? The man's a philosopher. Yeah, he is, isn't he? But yeah. he's, uh, oh, I love him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to call Dembele. I think Dembele wins it. Mm-hmm. I think like Danny Rose would like sneak around on like hiding corners and shit and I, I t- get quite deep. I tell you what, one thing I will say, like, is footballing ability aside, Mr. Sissoko is an absolute unit as well. I hadn't really realised until he's playing for us and seeing him alongside some of our players. But the the boy is massive. He's so big, so he he, he could be up there as well, to be fair. Yeah. Sounded a bit erotic that. I know, didn't it? Um, no, I think that that's about it. Um, I can't see anybody else really sticking out too much. I, if Pochettino got in there, I can imagine him being a bit of a, a Charles Bronson sort of rolling back the years, greasing himself up, start bollock naked. Just, you know, taking it to everyone. I've, he's he's an incredible man. Um, no, but have you ever seen like videos of him when he were younger playing? And that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's hard, hard, hard now. Proper hard yeah, and you don't lose that. You'll have old man strength now as well. Yeah. I tell you what as well, um, it would be one to boil the piss of a certain demographic, but I would say without a shadow of a doubt, if it was a proper, you know, proper tear-up, toe-to-toe, one-on-one, him and Sherwood, I'm calling Pochettino every day. I think he's going to... Oh, Pochettino kills him. I, he kicks seven shades of shit out of him. If there's no rules in this Royal Rumble as well, I'm I'm going to stick a, my outside bet with Bear at Lamella because I think he's the one who's like, he's coming with shivs in his socks and stuff and he's been, you know, he's poking people in eyes and, and like, you know... Biting. Double team, yeah. He's the scrappy one that sort of people don't want to fight because he's going to take it too far. Horrible, horrible little bastard. Yeah, he um, gets that look in his eyes that you just don't want. You know, when you're like... Did you ever any like have any proper rough estate kids at school where like nobody yeah, ever wanted to fight? That, that was me, mate. That. that was me. <laughs> they <laughs> just had that wiry boxing quality about them. Yeah. You know, like Brad Pitt in um, in Snatch. Yeah, that sort of one punch knockout style about them. Yeah, that that's a type of that's the type of person I imagine Eric is when it gets down to it. Um, Jack. Uh, at debaser 92 on the Lamella theme asks us on the... I thought you'd um, completely lost sense of reality <laughs> and you'd sent your own question in. Uh, on current form, should Lamella start? Yes or no? Um, yeah, I reckon so. I, th- I, I mean, I, I see why, maybe why people are finding him a little bit frustrating, but I still think he's, yeah, he's he, he, he's always under that microscope of being watched more closely it's almost like you know people are waiting for him to slip up and I don't think he's you know performed drastically poorly by any stretch of the imagination he still has a massively positive influence on on uh, on the games although one one thing I have seen kind of floating around is 
quite a few people floated the notion on Twitter that he seems to be best coming off the bench, like when we need to preserve a lead or chase a lead. Um, having him come on that, in that kind of 65, 70 minute mark, uh, we often seem to get the best out of Eric Lamella. Um, I, I have, I'll be honest, I haven't really noted it either way. I just like having Lamella in the side. Um, but I don't know if, is that anything you noticed previously or anything at all, Raj? I don't think so. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, the only thing with Lamella is I think he's he's the main casualty of how good Son's form's been, and that sort of that's his natural place, and the team's been taken up by someone else. Um, if you're choosing it on, on best form, um, I mean the only the only way I can see of sort of fitting him in now is if you were to drop Janssen and play Son from the start, which maybe is what he goes for away at Leverkusen. Um, I'm not sure. Is it, that's how he, he went? Is, did they do that in Seska or did Janssen start? Uh, no, Janssen started. Which was the game we did it against? Was it City? Yes, yeah, City. Yes, yeah, City. So he could do that. I mean, it's not unprecedented um, for them both to start, and especially with the level of pressing that is going to be expected of them against Schmidt's side. Um, I can't see that happening again because it's it's almost sort of um, a similar sort of situation with Man City in that you know it's it's another intelligent manager, so it wouldn't actually be the biggest surprise in the world to see him try and replicate that performance and and tactics if if possible. Um, let's have a look here. Okay, Joshua Brown at Josh Brown Spurs asks: Wanyama is playing like peak Essien discuss um i don't know if i sort of liken him stylistically that much to Essien, but i would say that wanyama does look fucking brilliant um and i'm absolutely delighted that we have him in our team and he's made that position his owner at the moment um that's all i can really say on that one to be honest i don't know like are you are you over, are you enamored with with uh, Victor Wanyama at the moment, Raj? Yeah, I absolutely love him. Um, I think he's sort of come in and done everything we've expected of him and more. He's, he's sort of, because sort of he's aware of what Pochettino wanted to do from having played under the remnants of that sort of a system at Southampton, um, then we, we know... Did he actually play for Pochettino at Southampton? I'm not sure they uh, Yeah, no, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, then, yeah. That's probably why the the um the transition's been as smooth as it has been, um. But it, again, it's one of those where you know there's no good reason why Eric Dyer can't come in and do and exactly, uh, replicate that job as well. It's it's nice to have that option, um. But I, I do think he gives just um an extra level of of sort of um force to the way he plays. Just I'm not even talking about sort of in his tackling because Eric Dyer will happily snap through people. Um, but in, in 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 terms of sort of the the rate at which he presses, because it's it is relentless. If you sort of just keep an eye on him at the bottom of the screen when <laughs> the other team has the ball, he, he's constantly zipping around and constantly sort of closing down passing lanes, if not pressing people feet to feet. So um, it's really impressive to watch in that sense. Um, and one thing that sort of people had said before he'd come is that occasionally he might have a night off and and only raise himself when he's on TV or against the big side. And I think because he's at a bigger club now, because there is a bigger incentive to keep his spot and play in the bigger competitions, um, and there's a 
there's a you know a, a battle for places as well. He, he's raised his game and he's he's benefited from that. Craig at Craig underscore S underscore Ed asks, "Will you be my boyfriend?" Uh, of course, will Craig. Any any man that can. How do you know he's asking you? Well, uh, let me just see because he's done it to at a trunk. So there you oh, go. Right, um, but yeah, I oh, will, Craig. Any man that can uh, can paddle. Basically, he's a. Uh, to, to give you some backstory on this, um, Craig has recently travelled from. Let me have a look. Where has he travelled from? So he, I, he, this is a, a chap who walked from Liverpool to London in five days and for cancer support. Um, I was going to say, did nobody land him the train money? <laughs> yeah, but he's he's recently done it um, from London. How much did he raise? Uh, f- five grand last time. That's um, outstanding work. Yeah, and he well, he's just recently now gone in a kayak from London to Liverpool. Um, After you've done them first couple of walks, mate, just you know, make the rest of us look bad. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but if you if you have a look, yeah, go on Craig's Twitter profile at Craig dot underscore s dot underscore ed ed um, at Ace Paddlers fundraising page because they've they've essentially they've raised money for alzheimer's cancer and epilepsy three charities close to their hearts so hence where they got the acronym ace from um and yeah he's done it with a with a pal of his called nick as well um they've got they've hit the five grand mark again this time around so yeah um chuck them chuck them a few quid listeners yeah, of course um, that's excellent uh nicely done craig so yeah of course i'll be your boyfriend mate because you're a you're a hero i'd be i'd be sounds like he needs privileged. somebody to like just give him a rub down of an evening i know he's, he's well he's got a lot of energy to expend doesn't he so you know i know where we can uh yeah oh christ stop it now um you have to take it to the base <laughs> well it's what i'm here for mate you know it's my function you know i've got to tick my boxes um let's have a look We have, all right, Brett at BR Nurse asks us based on looks alone. All right, who do you think would make the best pop star at Spurs? Good question. Delia Lee. Shout, yeah, probably it is, isn't it? Because mm, he's he's got that youthfulness. You need to be a pop star, I think. That yeah, pop star or YouTube celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like doing FIFA games or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think you smashed it with that one, haven't you? Um, uh, oh, no, he can't ask that one. No, saying that, though, Harry Winks. Harry Winks has got... Because I tweeted this the other day. Harry Winks looks like every solo act who's gone in about 17, 18 years onto X Factor has then been put into a makeshift bop band, boy band, and then like been made to cry when he's been sent home at Judge's house. <laughs> if you just look at him, because it was that picture they did of him leaning outside the training ground in his white shirt, looking that earnestly into the camera after he'd signed his new contract. I t- he, just, he looks like sort of... You know, when X Factor every single year mm. try and recreate One Direction, he's one of the fodder that is in one of those bands. I tell you what, he is to me though. He's he's the sort of lad that you look at him and you think he's gonna have like. Uh, he probably he probably talks all like squeaky and all like that, but the reckon he's, he's he starts singing. He's got like a real like crooning voice and he sings all the old like Frank Sinatra numbers, that kind of thing. 
Um, well, that's usually um, my choice when I do karaoke, actually. Really? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do all the uh, Rat Pack classics. That's my favourite. It's my it's my one uh, sort of vice in life is is doing that sort of a thing. Do you want to I mean, give us a little little blast? No, um, I have to have a few bevs down us before that starts. I'm one of them like that. I'm one of those annoying ones. I say this like I go karaoke every week, but I've only done it like two or three times in my life. I'm one of those annoying ones that sort of at start and night it's just like nah, it's not for me. But like you know, when your time's ending and like you've only got time for like one or two more, that like, you're having to kick off and like. Come on, lad! You've had four in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let someone else have a go. Yeah, it takes a while to work up spirit, but once you've got it out of the way, that's it. You, you know, you're in front of you know Nebworth. That's it, Nebworth. Um, right, that's it for uh, for list of questions this week. Um, let's uh, let's end on a bit of a TV filmy bit, Raj. Do you wanna? You got much to say about anything? We can do, yeah. Um, um, what have I seen recently? Um, Atlanta, you keep telling me to watch. Yeah, Atlanta's brilliant. Atlanta is genuinely brilliant. I mean, they keep having episodes now where it's one of the only 30-minute comedies where you sit down week by week and you don't know what's coming up next. Um, they had one episode that was set on, like, a, a fake... Like, have you ever watched BET or anything like that? Like, Black Entertainment Television? Mm, can't say I have. No, well, this is they had like a spoof version of that, um, where one of the 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 characters, the the rapper Paperboy, was on a panel, but instead of doing it as if just a normal show, they spoofed it as if it was actually being broadcast on that network. So they did all of the um, adverts and everything as well, to the point where I almost fast forwarded through the first one because <laughs> I thought it was just a. It's quite good. A, yeah, a, a thing, but then I realised. That no, they've they've made this entire half hour as if it was on a completely different channel, and it's just um, yeah, it's really hard to explain because there's there's so many different threads to it, and you know the way they sort of give time to not only the secondary characters but time to flesh out the tertiary characters is is absolutely outstanding, and it's FX do such a good job of allowing people with a singular vision to just see that singular vision through and you know you can almost tell when some shows have almost that that network notes have been sort of passed through it and it and it you know the edges are uh you know sandpapered off and whatnot mm. um whereas this it just doesn't have it it's, it's so worth your time there's i mean i think it's only a 10 episode for a season um but it's it's such a such a good thing to watch and it is one of those things where I am sort of really looking forward to it week on week when it comes on and and go out of my way to watch it the night it's on and stuff um which is the same as that can go with uh high maintenance which is the old web series that I've told you about before and um has been picked up by HBO where it centers around one guy who you delivers a weed but he doesn't have a name he's just known as the guy and it's sort of a almost like a look into people's lives that he sells the weed to um and it's like a just like snapshots of different people's lives so it's almost like an anthology series with only like a handful of recurring characters but it's quite nice when you see them again at different points like when this hbo series has come on they've um they've done a really cool thing which is they've made standalone episodes again but they've brought back characters that were originally in the web shorts, um, but they've progressed them. They've not tried to recreate that same episode again. They've just put them at a different point in their life. Uh, 
So it's really interesting to see these characters that you've seen in like a 10, 15 minute burst previously in a different stage in their life. It's it's so really um, intelligently done and, and sort of the premise could be really shit, but it's it's really intelligent. There's like, there's sometimes there's a bit of a twist and not in an M. Night Shyamalan way either. Like there's a, <laughs> there's actually a, a really no shitty nappies. No, um, like if I give one away from earlier on this season, and I'll only give one away rather than all of them, but the one that really got me was um, he walks into this um, apartment with these two guys and one of them sort of, I think they're playing sort of like stereotypical sort of Hispanic hip-hop fans and like being really ultra-aggressive and one of them just had an argument with his girlfriend, I think. Um, and sort of it's really awkward for like 10 minutes you're watching this play out because he's not paying him yet. He's tried to pay him all in coins and um, like he's refused the coins and says he wants cash so the guy goes back downstairs and then he gets a phone call from his girlfriend and it's just watching this domestic scene play out with his one friend on the sofa who's been really awkward and not speaking and like forcing him to have drags on the weed that he doesn't want to have because he's still got work to do and stuff. Um, And then when the guy eventually sort of shits himself and just takes the coins, puts it in his bag, sort of puts it off to a bad evening and leaves. Um, The guy walks back upstairs and um, he sees he's gone and they drop their accent and it turns out the two English guys who have been doing an an acting like um, exercise to try and get him into character. And um, there's little things like, um, I can't remember which word it is, but the guy on the sofa is essentially the guy who's been ultra aggressive in the vests um, acting coach. And he said something in an English turn of phrase that Americans wouldn't say, and he's picked him up on it. And I actually had to go back and watch that scene again to see if I could see the little purposeful cracks they'd put in it. And it's so clever, and it's sort of one of them where once it happens, you just sit there and you watch it again with a broad smile on your face because you're like, I did not see this coming for the entire sort of set piece. And when they do the reveal, it's just so well done. That it, it makes up well, your time. Thanks for ruining that for me, then, mate. I said I'd ruin one. <laughs> There's loads more. There's loads well, more. It, to, does sound, to watch. it does sound interesting. What's it's, the name of it? It's really cool. Um, high maintenance. They did one entire like several times. Yeah, they did one entire thirty-minute episode, which was a love story through the eyes of a dog. And it, and I know it sounds terrible. I was and say it sounds a bit bestiality. Like. No. But it's it's genuinely beautiful. Like, and I don't know how to explain it any further. But yeah, it's a thirty minute love story about a dog. Is it like loves like fire hydrants and bones and all that type of shit? No, no, it? he fall he falls in love with his dog Walker. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, no, and and I know these things sound silly, but genuinely the the way they're um the way they're found and sort of delivered is is excellent. Mm-hmm. I would um I would tell people to try and get hold of it. High maintenance. I watched yeah. watch uh, all the um watch mm-hmm. all the web series first and then watch the um the HBO show and you'll get far more out of it. I watched American Honey this weekend. In oh, the, I really want to see in that. Cinema. Um yeah, do. Please do. It 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 is one of those films that I can imagine a lot of people will go and see and it will get to the ending and they'll be like, Oh, is that it? What's, you know, what's happened? And so on and so forth. Cause it is quite, it is quite artsy. It's a very character driven piece. Um, but 
it, it, it is a bit long as well. It's it's pushing three hours. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, and it, it, I mean, you can tell it's a very personal film for the director, so you wouldn't really want to restrict them, you know, to give them that kind of palatable 90-minute running time kind of thing if they feel they've got more to say. Um, but it's a it's a great film. It's 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 shot like brilliantly. The acting um, is particularly good. I mean, even Sheila Booth's like very good in it. As much as he's a twat, I do think he's a he's a pretty decent actor when he's when he fancies it. Um, and he 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 does a good job here. Um, I cannot remember for the life of me the name of the the lead girl in it, but she's she's new essentially, and she's fantastic um written and directed by andrea arnold as well english director she's you know she, i don't know if you'd seen fish tank that she'd done previously but that's a great film i don't think so i've seen i've seen one of the films i don't think it was fish Tank. kind of a, a, bit, a bit, almost a bit of a breakout role for michael fassbender in that film actually um but fish tanks it's definitely one to go back and watch but she's uh yeah andrea arnold she's um probably pro- probably one of the best British directors going at the moment, I'd say, and I'm not just saying that in a virtue signalling way, like, she's fucking amazing. Um, no, I saw, um, I saw her version of uh, Wuthering Heights. With, I, I, ha- um, I haven't seen that, actually. Is it? With Caio Scadolario. That's the one I did see. Um, but yeah, uh, American Honey's great. It's, uh, yeah, really, really... I don't... I, the thing is, I, I don't really want to say too much about it because it's... It's not going to ruin the story by any means. It's just, yeah, it's one of those. If you, the less you know about it, the more you get out. Yeah, exactly. You know, just just go with it, watch it unfold, um, and just enjoy it. Don't don't really go with any preconceptions. Yeah. Um, it's it's a great film just to enjoy in the moment. Um, and it, it uh, the thing I found about it is I'm still a couple of days later still thinking about various little bits and various themes and ideas that are presented throughout the film um and that to me is always a, a mark of a mark of a good film it's you know it's not presented in a kind of uh, way to make you think it just does by its very nature of what it is um it's a very well put together piece of piece of cinema so yeah do go and hashtag go makes you think it does stay woke <laughs> stay woke folks um i watched um on netflix the other day as well i watched uh, that um What's his name? I'm forgetting his name now, but it's called Easy. Um, oh, yeah, still, I, I do want to watch that. Anthology series, yeah. it's really, really good. Um, there's one episode in particular um, that got me more angry at characters than I have been for a long time. It was because I, 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 I'm not going to spoil that after I spoil an episode of High Maintenance for you. It's just one bug um, who did stuff like Drinking Buddies and that uh, Anna Kendrick film around Christmas and, and stuff like that. Um, what... They call this films mumblecore, I think, but that just essentially means that there's no plot and all the characters do is live normal life and he, he talk a lot. Did he do that film, brief interviews with hideous men as well? Possibly, um, I'm not sure he directed it or not. Um, he did. The last thing I saw him do was that um, digging for fire last year, which is the one that had the like massive casting, like Brie Larson and Sam Rockwell and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Happy Christmas was that other Anna Kendrick one, but yeah, he's he's done loads of little little films, um, which are all really good, and I sort of really enjoyed all the stuff he's done. He's a bit like um, 
the guy who made Francis Ha and stuff like that, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen them, is sort of akin to that sort of style. Yeah, and Easy's about sort of, um, again, it's sort of eight episodes, but um, they're supposed to be individual episodes, but everyone sort of intertwines out of everyone else's stories around Chicago. So again, it's quite cleverly done and, and, and little snapshots of people's lives. I realise the more I talk about TV, the more I like that one style of, of series, which is sort of irreverent little vignettes of people. Yeah, they're lives. nice though, aren't they? They're good. It's like, it's yeah. it's kind of refreshing to have something that's a bit more grounded because, you, I don't know, it goes two ways, isn't it? You know, you have these sort of high quality HBO type set piece things, like you say, yeah. high concept, high quality, high production value, high budget. And it is nice to have those, something that's so far removed from that, that you can yeah. almost, you can almost immediately relate to because you can see these situations unfolding in your own social groups and relationships exactly. and stuff. And that's the thing, yeah. It's just nice to sort of be a bit voyeuristic into yeah, other people's yeah. lives for an evening. Because, um, I mean, I've like, people have been going on about Westworld and I think we had this conversation between the two of us and that there's a part of me that does want to watch it because I really like the concept. Yeah, and yeah. I can tell they've had a lot of money spent on it, but at the same time, it's just like, I can't be bothered to get into this because I can tell sort of after a season, season and a half, they're going to have asked every interesting question they have and written themselves into a creative corner and have no answers for themselves whatsoever. It's just going to build itself up to a point where all it can do is disappoint you. And I'm not sure I can have another series like that in my life. It's one of those things that you feel like, and if they don't do that, then I'm happily proved wrong and I'll watch it, you know? Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, like if, if it's still good after two seasons, then yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be there. I'll be if, it, if it builds up that kind of Game of Thrones type, you know, prestige around it, then you'd be happy. But I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think that's possible. I just think, you know, Game of Thrones is such a singular piece of work because of the books and everything that, you know, this one might be a, a poor imitation, but again, I'd happily be proved wrong and catch up later on down the line. But um, I've seen it happen so many times before, like, you know, Heroes and, and stuff. Yeah, that oh, the yeah one? disappointing Heroes, wasn't it? It started Flash, so well as well. Yeah. Flash Forward, I think it was called, the other one. Yeah, where, like, yeah. This really interesting sort of sci-fi. Kind of, was Flash Forward the one that was kind of Groundhog Day-ish? Yeah, people kept living different days of their lives mm. and shit like that. I can't remember. It's, it's just that disappointment of it going, oh, my God, this is brilliant, and then going, oh, my God, these people have literally no idea what they're making anymore. Luke Cage, um, I've kind of got... I know you don't like the, the MCU films and stuff at large. I I honestly do think you need to give the series a bit of a chance because they are, they are very do, different I do want to watch films. them. I do want to watch all the Netflix stuff. I just haven't had time to get around to them yet. I'm still... I'm also confused about which order I should watch them in. Well, I, they... I, I'd heard an interview with Mike Coulter before um, before I actually watched Luke Cage, and this is true. This does ring true. They make them in a way whereby you you don't have to have seen the other the other series to appreciate them as a standalone. However, mm. when you have seen the other series, um, you can kind of pick up on other little Easter eggy bits and so on and so forth. But if you if you are if you want to watch them in a proper like because I know you you are quite rigid with order and stuff like that if you do want to watch it properly it you can be, call me a geek if you want <laughs> Daredevil season one Jessica Jones then Daredevil season two then Luke Cage 
Um, that would be that would be the way. And they're making it. new ones now, aren't they? They're like Punisher and some Bone Crusher or something coming as well. Yeah, Punisher's in where well, he makes his first appearance in Daredevil season two. Is that um, what's his name, John Bernthal or something like that? The guy that's in Walking Dead. Yeah, where the early series of Walking Dead. Um, yeah, he 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 makes. <laughs> that's a spoiler to anyone who's not seen the Walking. Dead. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, don't start watching it now anyway if you haven't. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Luke Cage. I, d- I don't know that I would. I, I do need you to watch it, mate, because I, I I do need to talk about it with someone because there's I am enjoying it a lot. Um, there's just it doesn't it 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 doesn't feel quite on the mark for me though. That's the only thing I have enjoyed it a lot. The production value is brilliant. Um, yeah. The storyline there's some good themes in there. Um, but there's just something about it that's just not quite there. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a, a bit corny, but it, it it's almost like it knows. It's very self-aware in the fact it's a bit corny. Um, but it is yeah. worth a watch. It is. It is. It's good fun. It's decent. It's fun. not that I don't like the Marvel stuff because um, sort of you know superhero films by their very nature are are cool when done properly. Um, but I think because of the the sort of the, the comic books I used to read when I was younger and stuff, I was always naturally more predisposed to sort of the Christopher Nolan approach to mm. doing the three Batman films, which I think is that it's still the high watermark of any the the superhero genre. Um, but the, the stuff with the Marvel stuff is because it's because essentially even even though the first two thirds of the film may be completely different to what's happened before and you know, I understand it's a continuation of sort of all this story that's happened and they've earned themselves all this sort of real estate with the world building they've done. Every single film is exactly the same fucking way. I, I, I would say, mate, these, the series, they are very, they are probably, if anything, more Nolan-esque than they are like the MCU yeah. films. They're less I mean, colourful, they're a bit grittier. Yeah. They're, they're, they're obviously intended for a more adult audience, um, mm. I would say. I mean, it's not even that, like, I just want them, it's not that I just, like, I, I have that thing of wanting them to feel like an adult film because I'm, like, I'm somehow sort of insecure about the art I'm watching <laughs> because yeah, yeah. you're talking to a man who bought a wand in Orlando in Harry Potter World this summer because, you know, that is still a series that I hold dear to my heart because, you know, it's what I grew up with and I'm really looking forward to how they're going to stretch five films out of this Fantastic B series because it seems like, you know... Th- the most exploitative cash cow possible, but because it's an intellectual property that's so close to my heart, I've, I'll give them the rope um, to sort of win me over with. Um, but it's just the I, I get fatigued with the Marvel films because they they do have all the similar sort of beats. They do have that sort of laughy jokey exterior and the little quips and shit. And bit too much collateral s- damage as well. I think that's yeah. that's always one of my objections with the Marvel films. And if there's one of them every two years, then I think I would sort of, by the time the next one comes around, be interested. You know, almost in the same way that James Bond, they leave just enough of a gap between that you sort of forget how disappointing the last one yeah, may have yeah. been. Because these are like once every nine months now and there's like two a year, it's uh, it's just I can't <laughs> I can't abide it. I, I mean, yeah, I still I've, I've not watched Civil War or anything like that, actually, to be honest. I still go because they're sort of like, my dad's really big into them and they're usually like a family night out at cinema mm. and whatnot. And I don't want to be the 
you know, the arty journalist sat in his room going, I'm sorry, but I cannot invest any more time into this cinematic universe for plot reasons. I just got to go, yeah, I'll, I'll come and eat some Ben and Jerry's and sit there. Sorry, and I'm watching the 300 Blows tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got this Werner Herzog documentary I need to finish. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I'll still watch them, but I'll still complain about them afterwards. Um, yeah, fuck them. So uh, let's, let's kill it there. Um, if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rule the Roost podcast, you can do so on Acast, on iTunes, or on the Rule the Roost webca- webcast website. Jesus at, Christ, I, I know, right? At com. Um, that's not it at all, is it? It's rtrpod.com and you can follow us on Twitter at rtr underscore pod. Um, yeah. Come on, you Spurs. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.